Welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. I'm William. And we are back. Hope you're ready to get scared. Ooh. Who's ready to get scared out there? I see Timmy. <laughs> and Charlene. And even little Charlotte. Wow. I they must be twin sisters. <laughs> think of another name. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Thank you all so much for tuning yeah. in here on Guide to the Unknown. Yep. Bro and sis, scary stories. Mm. You know how it works. Um, now, uh, uh, we have some segments on the show yep, yeah. that I want to get to the first one yes. here. Two sentence horror stories. Yes. However, the game has evolved. Oh, yes, this it has. Week. Yes. Long time listener. It's more Al- organized. Yeah. Uh-huh. Long time listener Annabelle asked in our Facebook group, the, uh, guide to the unknown podcast, Facebook group, look it up, request to join. Uh-huh. She asked if there was an official two sentence horror story thread right. where people could post things. Right. There had not been. Right. There is now. Yes. And I might post it, you know, every week, something like that. Mm-hmm. So if you want to submit your own well, stories. Well, people can just go back to it and keep adding to the same thread. Oh, right? that's absolutely it's just true. Like a but I wonder thread. if it gets too, too gunked yeah. up. We might want to refresh. Bump. Yeah. Yeah, bump it up. True. Uh, but yes, uh, so if you have your own stories, you can submit them there. Yeah. We've also And gotten- you can read everybody else's stories. I mean, you'll he- hear them on the show eventually anyway, but it might be fun to do like a little binge of two-sentence horror stories on that same thread. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I considered writing my own, and then I realized that it sounded like <laughs> incredibly... Well, it was sarcastic. Yeah. It was going to be something along the lines of like, Tug Reynolds traped about Pennyworth Manor. My gosh, you'd think he was made of money. He quandried. Uh, then came the storm. Oh my goodness, said Terence. I've been scared quite a fright. They were found. Is your joke here that it's more than two sentences? I don't know. The joke is that it's just <laughs> terrible. They were found five fortnights later. Uh, uh, desiccated. Boy, I can't imagine why you didn't follow through on this idea. Desiccated I'm by the storm. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's funny if people enjoy this show, what we do, and then they find out that like we're the worst. Oh, you know, I have like, <laughs> you know I mean? um, like fantasies about that. Like, um, you know, you like you have a new friend. They come over to your house, and it's like all weird and totally. Di- <laughs> it makes them think you're completely different yeah. than they thought you were. Like, I yeah. love that. People enjoy our banter, and then we're like, you know what, Chris and I wrote my own two cents horror story. This is a little bit special. <laughs> Methinks a whistler is at play. You're like, what the hell is wrong with Will? Now I understand. <laughs> yeah, far stranger than I would have thought. Yeah, I love that. Uh, anyway, uh, here we go. Let's do some two sentence horror stories. Do it. Okay, so this is from Danny Sussman from the Food Scientists podcast. Meanwhile, at the buffet, Benjamin decided to skip his usual walk around treat, his walk around treat, and head directly for the crab legs. It turned out to be a fatal error, as the crabs had come alive. The prey was now the predator. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> I like that. It feels goosebumps-ish. Right? Yeah, that's funny. The crabs come back to life. Yeah. The prey was now the predator. Yeah. And this uh, is from Tom Clary of the Clarified Reality Podcast. On the listing, in full disclosure and following all of the real estate board's rules, the realtor had been very clear that someone had died on the property. But how they had died had been left curiously blank. Ooh. Now, That's good. I said this in real life. I didn't say it on the show. Yeah. I went to uh, oh, yeah. diedinhouse.com for my new house for here. I'm very happy to report uh, that nobody is officially 
listed as having died in my new house. Yeah, the house has a clean bill of health. This house is clean. This house is clean. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> that's it for Two Cents Horror Stories. Submit yeah. your own online. Send them to us. Join the Facebook group. Write them in the thread. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have Facebook, then get on Facebook just to do that. Yeah. Or you can email us at gttupod at gmail.com. That's right. Yeah. Your story may end up on this show. That's right. All right. Yeah. Kristen, I went first last time. Yep. Uh, I distinctly want to follow your story Uh this evening. Why don't you take it Do they like gel well together or something like that? There's a thin, thin thematic line. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, William. Um, it's too broad a topic really for me to be like, have, what do you know about? Well, I guess kind of. I might know something. Okay. Mm -hmm. William, what do you know about the sale and or purchase of haunted items on eBay? Kristen, I know one thing. Okay, yeah. Last year, I did a show for the yeah, company yeah. Hunt a Killer. Yes. Called The Haunted Hunt. Yep. One segment I did was about somebody who found a... Is it that? No. Okay. No, no, no. Somebody who uh, in their like... Burger King order, something mm-hmm. like that, got an onion ring that looked curiously like Ghostface from the movie Scream. <laughs> I contacted this person and requested. Uh, you don't remember this? You wanted. No, I don't. Oh, you Kristen. wanted to buy an onion ring that looked like Ghostface? No, I wanted him oh. to send it to me for free. I talked about it on the show. I asked him a few questions. I don't remember. He had it listed for like way too high. Yeah. It was obviously a joke post. He was right. like. He, sh- he had pictures of it in a Tupperware with a bowling ball on top of it being like, I just got to be safe. Like, I hope this thing doesn't break it. Yeah. So it was a joke. And then I was like, hey, <laughs> really hey, hey, man, when nobody buys your onion ring, will you just send it to me for free? And I'll put it like dead center frame <laughs> on the show and like surround it in a ring of salt and yeah. like, treat it like it is haunted. Well, that's a perfect way to surround an onion ring. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. yeah. but It's yeah. already actually got a protective border around it inherently, probably from a fast food place. Yeah, you're like right. covered in salt. Or like a, just a ring of stink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Old onion ring. Uh, but yeah, he said no. But I had viewers who were like, no, I know how we could encase it in resin so that it's uh-huh, like you could right. make it like, well, whatever. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's kind of an answer to what your question was. That is an answer. Right. Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. So I had saved a link about the sale of haunted objects on eBay um, a little while ago to revisit at some point. And my friend Katie um, has been doing some digging and cruising on eBay, and we were talking about it this morning, and I was like, you know what? The time is right for me to do this as a topic for the show, because she got me in the mood. So I'm not talking onion rings here, William. I'm talking demonic haunted objects uh, that wait. there is a huge market for, apparently, particularly in the UK, oh. and particularly dolls. Okay, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to focus entirely on dolls. I wanted to give a wide range. Also, last week was very doll-centric. True. Um, but I am going to take you guys through, I'm going to read some of the descriptions of haunted items that are actually for sale on eBay right now. Um, that you could go check out and buy if you wanted to. Awesome. There are a ton, ton of them out there. And I, I think, honestly, I don't know if I've, uh, I don't know, I'm not sure, but I, I 
don't know if I've spent as much time on any other subject for the show because I could not stop looking at different listings and they would just keep coming. There was no yeah. natural stopping point. eBay is a gold mine. Oh my God. And the way that people, like it's not just a listing where it says like demonic doll. It's a whole story. Yeah. It has pictures of evidence of haunting. You want to look for that when you're shopping for a demonic item. Of course. Or haunted item, I should say. Not just demonic. verify. So there are EVPs. There are um, EFM, like electromagnetic frequency, or EMF, electromagnetic frequency, pictures and stuff like that. People write out these like haunted stories on their listings. It is so entertaining, guys. I cannot just implore you enough to go on eBay and type in haunted and then see what's going on. Yeah. But here's what's kind of interesting. So in 2012, so it used to be on eBay and Etsy. You could sell whatever. You could sell spells if you were somebody who you know thinks of themselves as a witch or some other kind of person like that. I am. Of course. Um, but then in 2012, eBay changed their terms and started prohibiting the sale of intangibles. Okay. So like things that could af- that are you're saying could affect your spiritual realm or your spirituality or the future that's intangible. That's not like an item. Well, I would imagine that there's a difference to be established where it's like you know, I can't list eBay will no longer allow me to list like uh buy this yes. and I will do a spell that will bring you health and wealth. But I probably could sell you like a little pot Mm-hmm. That's supposed to bring you health and wealth because it's tangible, right? Yeah, exactly. That's that's kind. Of, there's basically a big loophole, and Etsy still for a long time allowed intangibles and things like that. And they only recently, like a few years after eBay, changed their rules um, to stop for the sale of intangible items and spells and occult stuff like that. And their rules are a little bit stricter. Okay, but the thing is, if it's a haunted item that you're selling, that's a tangible. Yeah. So um, a lot of the listings on eBay and Etsy say thing like a variation of this um, at the top of their listing or maybe the bottom. It's usually at the top. Um, this site prohibits the sale of intangible items or things that buyers can't confirm that they've received. Uh, wait a second. Is this the right? Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm reading the wrong thing. These, these are the rules about eBay. I'm sorry. Okay. eBay says the site uh, prohibits the sale of intangible items or things that buyers can't confirm that they've received. Even more explicit, listings that offer someone's soul or a container that claims to have someone's soul are not allowed. <laughs> so most sellers have a disclaimer that reads kind of like this. I am required as per eBay's policy on the paranormal to indicate that eBay forbids the sale of intangible items. And this listing is for only a tangible doll or whatever your thing is with no promise of spirit attached. eBay requires me to say that this is all for entertainment purposes only, but it's very like wink, wink. Uh-huh. You and I know, and like, especially if you are of the mindset that things can be cursed and haunted uh-huh. and everything that probably would only serve to deepen your sense of paranoia about it. Right. Like, yeah. well, the corporations can't acknowledge it. Right. Exactly. They're, they're there's, stifling the power and energy of this thing. What are they so afraid of? There's all this legalese yeah. to get around things. Exactly. All this red tape. Yeah, but I'm going to cut through that red tape. I am. I am red tape in the shape of a protective border around whatever it is I'm buying. Oh yeah. Yeah. Protective JPEG. Uh, to keep a curse inside an image online. Nobody knows about that. I still don't see anyone ever talk about that. Really? The only, as far as I can tell, one website posted this, and I'm the only person who ever saw it. There was a website online that <laughs> well, said... Well, we knew about that before you even covered number stations, though. 
No, no, no. I because I wrote about it in a script. Yeah, but um, it's because I found it on one site and I've never seen it anywhere else. Yeah, that's so. Kristen and I did um, with our buddy Bobby. I wrote a a, a radio play mm-hmm. uh, that we all played characters in. You can, you can look it up. It's called Illuminati Night of the Twisted Men. It's on TalkMom.com. It's really good. And uh, I had been just doing weird research about ghosts and stuff, because I always have. Like, way before the show existed, we've always been obsessed yeah. with scary stuff. And I saw a website about possession. Because I think I was trying to look up what are the symptoms of possession. And on the website, just like as a throwaway almost, they were like, now you may have noticed that around every image of a possessed person, there's this blue line. Well, allow me to ex- to describe to you what this blue line is. Yeah. It isn't safe to look at a photograph of somebody who is under the influence of a demonic possession. So anytime we post a picture, we will be including a spiritual jpeg line just a blue yeah line that you would add in like microsoft paint right with a few lines of like a prayer that makes it safe to look at through your computer screen otherwise it would be very unsafe to look at this and it blew my mind better safe than sorry i've never seen that referenced anywhere anywhere else so if these ebay listings oh i'm kidding they don't have that no i'm just saying okay yeah because we're gonna look at them yeah we may be in danger here tonight. Honestly, when I was reading through them, I was like, ooh, is this like cursed stuff? Should I not be looking well, at this? theoretically, there's only one website that seems to think you need to have a protective image right. on top of the image you're looking at. So we, we'll probably be okay. I mean, I guess you could say that if anything, you're thinking about it too much, you could be inviting it yeah. in. So that could be you looking at a page on eBay or whatever. True. But I feel like I'm in the light enough. I'm not too worried about yes. it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's true. I'm but sure also, all of our listeners and viewers are. But also, we're obligated to say that iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, Spotify, and TalkBomb, uh, none of us uh, uh, are saying that this show contains any sort of like cursed uh, uh, no, storytelling imagery. None of this stuff should affect you. It's completely a tangible thing that you can download and listen to. It's not our fault if you get haunted. Right. Like, this is for entertainment purposes only. Real quick aside, we never talked about this on the show. The documentary Demon House oh my God. is purported to be a cursed film. Guys, proceed with caution because watching the movie might curse you yeah. and it might be a really, really fun time. It <laughs> might make you laugh a lot. It's fun. It is a great movie. Kristen and I watched it. I haven't been the same since. No, me neither. Zach Bagans in yeah. a haunted demon house. Yeah. There's literally a warning at, before that movie. Yeah. Look at the, you know, promotion for that. I guess go to like the demon house official website. It's very like proceed with caution. We should put a warning before this show. How great would that be? If every episode started with you deadly serious in a library warning, the show you're about to hear may include references to demonology, Satanism, proceed at your own risk. <laughs> your own. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I ran out of words. All right, sorry. Go. No, it's fine. Um, anyway, look up Demon House. Um, I really enjoyed it. Maybe not totally um, sincerely, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. So um, the thing that seems to have kicked off all of the like selling stuff on Etsy that's haunted or possessed or whatever is actually something that I'm going to go into more next week. So sorry for a little bit of a teaser. It's like when I talked about Emily's bridge and then I came across information that I used for the next episode about the Bennington triangle. Very cool. I came across something that is too much. It's, it's its own episode. That's awesome. But um, if you guys want to get ahead, you could Google it or something. It's called the Dybbuk box story. D Y B B U K. Um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Um, do you know about that? No, I just okay. know that a Dybbuk is something that was brought up in Rugrats. 
what a dibbick. That makes actually a little bit of sense. It, are you is, is well, that no, week, next week just you talk about an episode of Rugrats? I mean, doesn't he have par- uh, grandparents who were like they grew up in another country or something? They constantly talk about the old country, right? It yeah. makes it's you know I don't remember off the top of my head now, but it's a it's an old word from I think it's a Yiddish word. That makes sense. Uh, so that's why it makes sense because I remember his grandparents like talking about like yeah the old country. Yeah. But anyway, so if you guys want to look up the Dimmick box, but I'll just tell you so it doesn't drive you crazy. It was this box that was sold on eBay that was haunted, or you know possessed. It was doing crazy things basically, and it's kind of a legendary story in the online selling stuff world because somebody put it up on eBay, wrote out the whole story of how they got it, sold it. And then that person had problems with it and put it up again, put up the whole story of the previous owner that they bought it from and then updated it with their story of what happened to them. Cool. And it's just like nuts stuff and the story is really cool and scary. So I'm going to save it. But so the Dybbuk box story, it seems like was the kickoff of the like occult item stuff on uh, eBay. Boom. So tune in next week for eBay origins. That's right. (laughs) Um, So these sellers, it's interesting. It seems like it's a real community and subculture, which is why I got so sucked into it. Like people have really good relationships. Um, People are really super into it. They, um, in listings, like almost all the sellers will say, you know, you can refer to my feedback for more confidence or whatever. And the feedback is on everybody's, um, everybody's, account that I looked at because I looked at a lot of different listings that had different sellers and things like like that. Overwhelmingly positive. Really? And people being like, this is a great item. You could really feel the energy right away. It was just like, it's... That's kind of nice. That's what I'm saying. It's very nice. And so the, like I said, the doll subculture and haunted doll thing seems to be the most prevalent, which isn't that surprising. First of all, people like collecting dolls. So that kind of makes sense. And also if you are buying something that you think is haunted by a spirit, that a doll kind of personifies it. Mm. Like we talked a little bit with Annabelle, but I think it can probably, somebody feels closer to a spirit and understanding them because it's taking a human form. It's easier to to give that a name and be like, and be like, uh, 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 Christy the doll is acting mm-hmm. up, something like that. Yeah, exactly. Rather than having like a mask on the wall, even though it's vaguely human, you wouldn't be like, Carl's being weird. Right. You know? Totally. Yeah. You can kind of like empathize with it and have a little bit of a relationship with it, which is what it seems like a lot of people, again, particular to the dolls, kind of want. Cool. So actually, I'll start off, I'll read you a listing of a doll um, first, because it's kind of positive and it kind of exemplifies what I'm talking about. Like, the doll thing, by and large, seems like it's something that people really like and are comforted by. Yeah. So look up the spirit of Lizbeth, haunted porcelain doll, very active. <laughs> very active. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's of a porcelain doll with, I guess I would say, auburnish hair, um, a frilly collar. It looks like a nice but creepy doll. Pretty yeah. standard porcelain doll. You yeah, know? it does. It doesn't look... It doesn't look sinister. It doesn't look like the Annabelle doll in the movies or anything, but dolls are kind of, you know... Dolls are kind of creepy. Yeah. Just on their own. Yeah. Okay, so here is the description, and I chose some of the shorter descriptions. People go long, like long stories, but I knew that I wanted to read things in these people's own words on the show, so I picked ones that I liked, but that are a little bit briefer. Cool. Uh, were you about to say something? Well, it just seems to me like it's interesting that like some of the photographs, mm-hmm. um, they're taken really close up on mm-hmm. an angle. It feels like it's distinctly 
meant to evoke the sense of like watching a show where right it, like a ghost hunters type show there's it could but you could also say that it's to show detail you, you know could. what i mean of like you could you say could. that it's to yeah. show eyelashes whatever yeah, yeah but it like has the flash bulb on the doll's face really bouncing off and i wonder if even the stories you're saying the descriptions are long mm-hmm. this feels to me like an interesting sort of like 21st century kind of storytelling it's, it's augmented reality i could not believe it when i started getting into it it really is and it is an involved community That's cool. like you can read a cool, cool story and then have the story come to life a little bit by buying this i like that that's kind of interesting i'll tell you hours i could not stop okay so i'll talk to you about lisbeth um lisbeth was 16 years old when she passed away the pool she has communicated to me she has shown me visions of her drowning Lisbeth's doll vessel is 17 inches tall. Her vessel is made of porcelain and cloth. If you decide to do- adopt Lisbeth, please, uh, do be prepared for activity from her. She is quite active, and rest assured she poses no danger. Please know, though, while Lisbeth radiates positive energy, she has moments in which she becomes very sad. We hear her gently crying in the night. At times like these, Lisbeth needs attention. She has communicated to me that she desires to go somewhere new where more attention can be devoted to her. She loves to be picked up, talked to, soothed. And in doing so, it is quite soothing in return. Lisbeth has a strong, steady energy about her. You can really feel it. She loves to share her energy by by protecting those around her from dark entities and and energy. And then these are like bullet points. Lisbeth communicates via Ouija board, pendulum, EVP, spirit dice, and through dreams. She creates EMF fluctuation. I provided pictures showing her interacting with my meter. We hear Lisbeth whispering and singing too. She shared with me that she loved to sing when she was among the living. Lisbeth presents the most beautiful sparkling white orbing. It ebbs and flows around her vessel, sometimes traveling through the house in the night. She has very intense green eyes. When you look into them, it feels as though she's looking right through you. Sometimes Lisbeth smells of lavender. She loved sweets when she was alive, and I've actually found pieces of candy that I was eating suddenly next to her vessel. She likes to take small things, especially candy. You and me both, Lisbeth. <laughs> I'm particularly size. fond of chocolate boots. Bite-sized monster madness. Yeah, yeah hey. <laughs> yeah. Um, she opens and closes doors, often accompanied by the flickering of lights. Lisbeth cre- uh, creates freezing cold spots that appear suddenly and send a chill right up the spine. She loves it when you light candles for her. You can feel her energy increasing. If you choose to adopt Lisbeth into your life, oh, that's another thing. They they talk about it in terms of adopting. I've heard that a lot with dolls. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah, with like, a, what do they call it? Reborns? Reborn dolls. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, but it seems like that's with even objects that aren't dolls. Like they, they prefer to talk about not like selling and buying. It's like somebody is, yeah, ado- even if it's a stone or something, they say adopting or bringing into your home, like yeah. things like that. Beanie I babies. think it's like a matter of respect. Yeah. Um, if you choose to adopt Lisbeth into your life, please understand something of great importance. Spirits like her do not always reveal themselves immediately. You need to give her time and space. Sometimes it happens right away, but it's quite rare. More often than not, a spirit needs months to feel comfortable enough to begin showing activity. It also depends on your own experience with the paranormal at times. I've had clients that have experienced it right away, yes, but usually I'll hear from them after a month or even six months later that things are happening finally. So if you see the two negative feedbacks I just got from the same person please keep in mind that the woman seriously only had her first spirited doll for three days the second one she waited only five before giving me a second negative she was upset that even the very first day uh messaging me that it was not doing anything quote unquote uh yet and sent me a barrage of strange messages in general to top it off 
I cannot stress it enough. Give spirits time. Give them space. Remain open-minded and you will be amazed. That raises a very interesting question, which is Mm -hmm. that the audience that you're potentially courting by doing this may be people that are misunderstanding the point. Right. Like, to me, and maybe this is just me because I'm a little bit uh, uh, cynical. To me, it is abundantly clear that you are... You would be buying into a an entertainment mm-hmm. industry kind of mm-hmm. thing. You're you're buying into the fantasy of it just like you would buy a movie ticket. Mm-hmm. For somebody to literally get this doll and then say, hey, "This like, doll is yeah. haunting me," I'm pissed. It's not doing anything. Like maybe maybe uh, the benefit of the doubt interpretation mm-hmm. is that this person was like no i i got from this that this is supposed to be some sort of like you know it's mechanical like it gets up it like moves or something you know oh I mean? maybe that that's could a be. fair interpretation but it's also maybe a little generous yeah the that one could that be. i'm more inclined to say is that this person maybe literally is just like this ghost didn't do anything yeah. i want my money back yeah I which think is kind so. of frightening total uh, yeah i think that's right? exactly what it is kind of alarming yeah um, let me see. I'm going to read you just a couple of reviews. The ones that I found, these aren't as like detailed as other ones that I found, but, um, by the way, this, this eBay seller's name is fatality, like the name fatality. Get it? Uh-huh. Um, let's see. I love her. My cat loves her. Beautiful little lady. Thank you. <laughs> beautiful little lady i received alana very quickly she came in excellent condition thank you excellent seller her dolls are legit they're very active and communicate well huh. so yeah it's very interesting very interesting but william not only well i'm saying that wrong dolls are not the only things sold on ebay yeah. that are meant to be haunted there are some things that are a little bit scarier such as a piece of um from a prison crematorium oh my oh yeah. my god so the name on this listing is i tried to bury it but it returns haunted from a prison crematorium active what uh, is going on this one's a longin there's okay. still eight days, four hours left on this listing. Yep, you have the time. Fo- the primary photograph is of a man dressed like Indiana Jones. Literally, I think he's supposed to be a professor because he's got a vest on, but he's also got Indy's fedora and uh, a coat. I mean, I guess. I think that might just be his clothes. Like, Kristen, this man's dressed he doesn't almost look exactly like, like Indiana Jones. He doesn't look like he's in professor cosplay to me. He does to me. All right. Uh, digging, well... He's holding a shovel next to an open grave, right? Which has uh, billowing white wispy smoke coming out of it. Yes, dust from digging. Yes, indeed. Okay, so here is the description of the listing. You have been warned. As a last resort, I tried to bury it, and 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 it again it returns. Oh well, I weld as a hobby, and recently was able to get some leftover scraps from a beloved to be haunt, uh, a believed a believed to be haunted, one hundred and forty year old prison crematorium. Many evil people in the late eighteen hundred. Many evil people in the late eighteen hundreds and early nineteen hundreds were sent to their fiery deaths, innocent or not. I cut and created my first piece from the ovens where they were burned, and when completed, I wish I'd never done it because I awoke demons. It's caused me a lot of stress since day one. I live in fear of what's to come next, and all I was trying to do was create art. Tell me about it. (laughs) The innocent prisoners that found themselves in the furnace many years ago somehow have found a doorway out through my art creations using my MIG welder. 
I must be like a brand or something or a type. My my craftsman tools. Yeah, I guess have done me in. Uh, yeah, um, they seem to who, they seem to have discovered a way to finally be free to do as they wish, and they're escaping through my art piece. Please, I must tell you that you have been warned. If you cannot handle these types of dark entities, do not bid. This is awesome. Yeah, here's a few examples of what I'm experiencing. The lights in my house go on and off for no reason. I thought I was hallucinating at, hallucinating at first, but my dog can also see and hear these spirits, causing him to act irrational by barking and scratching at the walls they seem to travel through. That's sweet. But then I realized I don't have a dog and I was hallucinating. And that it must be a ghost dog. <laughs> um, I smell burnt hair and skin. Ugh. I hear torture screams coming from whichever part of my house where the art piece is located. I see dark figures not walking but sliding themselves all throughout the night, going from room to room, banging and yelling in pain. I'm totally freaked out. That's evidence. I know that that's a reason he knows that this is like truly haunted. I'm How do I know I saw a ghost? It spooked me. I felt freaked. sick. I'm tired. <laughs> I awake to find my living room, kitchen, and bedrooms in disarray and completely rearranged the figurine at times is very hot to touch it can be heard laughing almost mocking me i spent most of an evening evening digging a grave for it afterwards feeling good about finally ridding myself of it i went back inside to rest and i'll be damned if it was right there sitting in the middle of the floor where i left it question marks that was the final straw i wanted gone i called a friend who knows how to handle these things something is attached to this piece and i feel it thinks i'm weak because of my lack of knowledge of the paranormal world i will start this auction off at one penny <laughs> he didn't really say once you know one yeah. cent with no reserve if you can handle or tame this thing then good luck bless you and thank you wow. my friend who i had called came to me with the tools of her paranormal trade and she said the evp recordings were strong sounds and the words vengeful unforgiving not guilty and revenge came through on her spirit board i asked her what should i do she said though they're frightening and there are many attached to this piece you've made they're not dangerous but probably would be if you were affiliated to the ones that killed them because these are the few that were falsely accused and are innocent they want revenge you do not understand these kinds of dark, highly active entities, so it's best if you get rid of them now. There are many people out there that have no fear and would welcome the challenge of such strong spirits. Possibly they can help, and probably they're on eBay. <laughs> he didn't write that. That's just me being cheeky. Um, so I'm letting this vessel go to the highest bidder and continue to have mad respect for those in the paranormal world. Cool. If you don't know about such vessels or dark entities, then do not win this auction. However, if you do know about these things, then beware. You're bidding on a tangible figurine welded using crema crematorium prison metal from the vintage ovens that claimed many lives, guilty and innocent. Anything attached or connected to it is out of my hands. You've been warned. Per eBay rules, this is for entertainment purposes only. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you are watching us as we are recording this episode mm -hmm. live, this is a live auction titled, I Tried to Bury It, But It Returns, Haunted from a Prison Crematorium, in parentheses, active. It has eight days, which means if you're not watching us live, if you're listening right after this thing drops, mm -hmm. you still have you a still few have days left. Get your bids in. For entertainment purposes only, uh, we here at Book Club... Weird. We're here. Guide to the Unknown are not promising that a demon ghost will haunt you. But I would never promise it that. It seems pretty likely. All right, William. Also, now I think it's possible that that could be intentional. Um, what's his name? Who'd you, who'd you call him? Who's that man? Who's that man? Indiana Jones. Yeah, Indiana Jones reference because his seller username is Crypt Explorer. Yeah, see? 
See, Will, Willie ain't your no dummy. I'm right. Also, he said he tried to bury it in a grave. Yeah. It's a little doll that's 13 inches tall. Right. And he built, he, according to the photograph. It's like a legit grave. Dug a human grave. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't stay buried, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, get your it. bids in. Get that's your bids right. in. Be careful. Um, Kristen, as we're uh, uh, pivoting to the next one. Yes. Has it occurred to you at all that you could purchase a cursed object? Honestly, so it was funny. I was thinking to myself when I finally stepped away and I wrapped this up, I was like, huh, I'm surprised that at no point during reading this did I have any urge to do that. That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just don't have any urge. If I see something that catches my fancy, uh huh, I might put a bit in. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, maybe that's the thing. Maybe I didn't see anything that struck my fancy. It might be nice to have a terrifying cursed object that you should not look at or touch sitting in the background that would be pretty cool. Right? How cool would that be? Yeah. yeah. And there are other, like, there are, th- there are things that are supposed to kind of, like, influence stuff in your realm. Like, there was, like, some sort of, like, talisman or crystal that said it was possessed by a very sexual entity. Uh, oh. And that it'll bring, like, lots of sexual energy to you or something. Yeah, leave my realm alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's a quickie that I liked. It is a devil's ring of darkness. Excellent. Um, the listing says, high priest or priestess, Satan, haunted, invoked. And um, the description says that it's a devil's ring. It's new, stainless steel, size eight, invoked with the infernal blessing. <laughs> um, this is an excellent ring to either show you what path you follow or wear during your rituals. It has been invoked with the force of darkness. The moment you put on the ring, you will feel the comfort of the energy. Very calm as it blends with your own. Strength and power. It's the head of the Sabbatic goat, Baphomet, inverted star upon his head. You'll be the first to own this ring and the first to use it. Uh, and you, will you? Oh, will you keep it forever or pass it on to another? Get the side while you can. Wow. So I just I, I liked the uh, talk of the infernal that really caught me, and I wanted to it's pretty cool to grab it to share with you guys. This is only for our live listeners. Fifty two minutes remain. Thirty dollars. Buy it now. Get it while it's hot. Free shipping. Come hurry, on. Hurry up. The seller is Curious Imports. Yes. And then the last one that I want to share. We're not being sponsored by any of these things, by the way. I feel like if I were listening, I, 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 I wouldn't be like, <laughs> yeah, I guess. are people trying to get them to sell stuff on their show? We definitely have not made contact with these people. No. We're hoping it's okay to even do this. No, I actually. I just think it's funny to be able to, on the show, be like, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, you can go out there right now. You get this for $30, add it to your cart. Boom, it is yours. Fast and free shipping. You'll get it on Monday, April 9th. You can have this Baffinette ring today. Well, you could. I actually, you know, Will and I usually don't tell each other what we're doing beforehand. I actually did tell what I was doing, Willing, what I was doing earlier today. Because I was like, how should we swing this? Yeah. Like, because I want to read their descriptions. So should I say their name? And then is it weird that there's somebody out there who just doesn't know that they're on a podcast? Like, My feeling and hope is that eBay is a public site. It is. Well, also because I came across articles that people have written compiling like doing what I'm doing, but in article Listings. form. Okay, fair enough. So I think it's fine. That's yeah. actually what made me think of the idea in the first place is I came across an article like that and I saved it for another time to start digging into it. And then right. when Katie and I were talking eBay, I went back to it and I was like, oh, I'm just doing what they're doing, but in an audio format. Gotcha. So I think it's fine. So this last one that I liked um, has a cool, scary story attached to it. It's a haunted jewelry box. Wow. And the seller is Warney Mellis. Okay, so it has the disclaimer at the top. Now, it looks cool. It's, it's like cool a looking. worn out old wood box. Mm-hmm. It's uh, It looks like it's stacked kind of high. It's got three drawers vertically with a sort of diamond gold And I had thought that them. it was miniature, but it's pretty big, I oh, think. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, because of what it does. 
the the dimensions of it definitely look like it would be miniature. Like well, I don't would... think it's like huge, but um, okay. yeah. Okay. Wait, no, no, it must be. Hu- oh, wait, no, maybe that's the point that it's not huge, but it does this thing. Okay. Okay. So this is another estate sale item, which was purchased by a woman who tells me it caused her trouble from the start. She was always rather skeptical of the paranormal and until now never had any firsthand experiences. She says she got it because it looked peculiar and once it was home, it went right into her bedroom on the dresser and she placed some things inside of it. Sometime during the night, she is awakened by a strange sound, a rattling sound. She finds it is the jewelry box. She tells herself a truck must have driven by and caused it. Later in the same night, she hears it again and ignores it. In the morning, she is shocked to find that the dresser has moved a noticeable amount, at least a foot. She can see the indentations in the carpet. Oh, so maybe it is big. That's cool. Um, well, she said she put it on her dresser, though. Oh, okay. So the whole dresser is moving okay. because of the jewelry box. All okay, right. you're right. Um, she was perplexed by this and confided in her friend who offered to spend the night with her. They both say that during the night while awake, they saw the dresser moving and were so scared. They left when it, uh, when it comes into my possession, I do multiple spirit box sessions with numerous different devices. And the responses I get are terrifying. A voice comes through a sinister sounding male tone threatening. It says, leave me alone and tells me to get out of my own home. There's a smell coming off of the jewelry box. Smoky musty, earthy. I leave it in my room and wait for the night. Nothing happens. Later on, on my way into my room, I see my door is shut. And when I try to open the door, I realize something is holding it shut on the other side. At first, I tell myself to run, but instead I stay and push as hard as I can. And the door is opening. I see that my entire bed has moved in front of my door. Single most bizarre occurrence. I couldn't believe it. I ended my investigation at that. Use care and extreme caution with this item. Wow. But I wonder if anything's at risk by selling these, right? Oh, good question. Like it doesn't feel like a safe way to yeah to get rid of it. ownership. Well, or maybe it is. Maybe it's like I've because t- you know how like sometimes in stories it's like accept this thing. You have to say you accept it. Right. Like these yeah, people are true. clearly accepting it. They've bid on it. You're you're transferring it to somebody who wants it. Yeah. So actually, it's probably one of the safer ways. Yeah. What more overt declaration of ownership could there be than bidding eighty six dollars right. on this? Exactly. One day, fourteen hours remaining. Correct. Haunted jewelry box. Yeah. So William, that's my terrifying tale, guys. I'm going to continue it in a way next week when I talk about the Dybbuk box. Kristen, I got to tell you. Yeah. I think that this should be. A kind of a segment like Mini Monster Madness. Well, you, you know what I found though? Two Sense Horror Stories. So apparently, it's a show that I think I would like, but I don't listen to. My brother and my my brother, my brother and me. I've frequently had it recommended. I still have not listened to it. I've heard them on other stuff and I thought they were really funny, but I haven't actually listened to myself. Katie listens to it. Apparently, they have a segment where they talk about, like, they read a listing from a haunted doll thing. Oh, so. Okay. All right. I mean, maybe if we give you know, okay. credit or something. But when I was doing my research, I found that out. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it is a good idea. Yeah. And hey, that's awesome. Yeah, totally. That's cool. very cool. I know. Unfortunately, this is the one that I like the most, the haunted jewelry box. I think it's pretty cool looking. Yeah. 86 bucks. William, put a cool 86 on it. Yeah. It would look great back there. It would, but it's a little out of my yeah. price range for just a weird thing that I think is kind of funny. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, we can still check in on it. Hey, you know what? Maybe, because uh, I really was captivated by this if i look at ebay listings and every once in a while i see a really cool one maybe i will do a little thing at the beginning of the show yeah that's it's okay just, why not yeah it's just fun yeah right yeah and i'm it, not trying to plagiarize 
maybe 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 yeah 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 uh but yeah ebay is an awesome place to find crazy weird stuff oh yeah i found a scary deal on a blair witch action figure a couple weeks ago <laughs> scarily cheap right Kristen? it was like i lost complete control and i <laughs> hit buy it now and now it's on my shelf my god it's pretty cool so tell me what's up with you. My story uh, almost sort of is an example of what might happen to you if you befell a curse. So okay. in that sense, it's a decent follow-up to your story about haunted eBay listings. Beautiful. Kristen, tonight yeah. I'm going to talk to you about mummies. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Including <laughs> mm -hmm. the curse of the mummy. Cool. Mm -hmm. Oh, great. Mm -hmm. Yay. Uh, what might happen I'm to in. you. If you unseal a mummy's tomb. If I curse a mummy? If you curse a mummy. Yay. Kristen, word of advice, don't do it. <laughs> All right. Now, I've been wanting to talk about mummies for quite some time, yeah. to be perfectly honest. I think mummies are interesting, but mm -hmm. I do not know much about them. And uh, we all know there was the Tom Cruise mummy movie that came out last year. Sure do. Did not do very well. I don't know if you saw it. No, I didn't. It was not good. Yeah. So uh, it just so happens that as I was starting my research to talk about mummies for this show, yeah. I Googled mummy to get the Wikipedia oh, cool. page for mummy. And I found out that as of this recording, this article was posted yesterday. Oh, that's awesome. On NewYorkTimes.com. Cool. The FBI and the mystery of the mummy's head. Cool. This is a 4,000-year-old mummy decapitated head, Kristen. That's Awesome. Isn't that rad? Yeah. And it is uh, a governor uh -huh. uh, who his tomb had previously been raided and uh, people weren't sure. He, he was buried with his wife. Yeah. His name was Jehutnacht. Uh-huh. He was, he was buried in his tomb with his wife. Mm -hmm. And then at some point between 4,000 years ago and now, his grave was robbed and his... Uh, his head was knocked off his body. Yeah. Well, I guess all I can really tell you is that uh, uh, a head was ripped off one of the bodies. Right, right. Now, a lot of the remaining artifacts found their way into a museum. They were displayed, but it was displayed as just being a mummy, a mummified head yeah. from Jehutnacht's tomb, not knowing if it was his or his wife's. This article was posted yesterday, April 2nd, 2018, because archaeologists using modern-day technology, have now determined whose head it is, Jehutnacht or his wife. love it when stuff like that happens. It's awesome. Uh, this is like, in a, in, a, in a way, it's just sort of a story of the triumph of science. I, I love that. It's, it's not common that you're able to actually get a DNA sample from a mummy. A lot of the ways that uh, people end up mummified, there are two ways one is deliberately being mummified. One of them is spontaneous, they call it. So if you're spontaneously mummified, it's almost like Pompeii-type mm -hmm. stuff. Or like, um, you know, like you died in a, a, a dry, arid climate. And you're naturally mummified. Wow. It, which is interesting. Yeah. Like, it, the definition of a mummy expands it so much that it's like, wow, almost everything right. is being mummified. Embalming somebody... Turning somebody into a mummy is just preparing them for burial. Right. So we mummify people today. Yeah. Yeah, that I know. Yeah. yeah. Although everybody still thinks about a mummy as being distinctly the Egyptian process, the whole thing of like removing the organs through the nose, jars for different organs, stuff like I'm that. I'm about to say, I think the people associate kind of, yeah, the sarcophagi and things that go along with the body of a mummy right. with 
mummying, but it's just a process, basically. And then we called them mummies. Yes, they became mummies. And then they became weirdly sort of like... I, there is something distinctly strange about the fascination yeah. with a the, the like dead Egyptian royalty, almost to the point of like just like pointing a finger at them and like dehumanizing them in a yeah. weird way, like stealing their bodies and putting them in, up in museums. It's very weird. It's very very weird. I think it's partially maybe some racism, yeah, but then also fascination with the fact that they were buried with jewels and things like that that we value yeah so we want to see that well it's also interesting because it, it feels in a weird way like we can't wrap our heads around paying utmost respect to the dead like it seems yeah. like you know in western culture we distinctly like uh like a lot of people view the elderly as something like scary or worrisome or whatever and like that's not the case and like it's a really good point so it's somewhat baffling to be like you like you spent countless hours like preparing this person and making sure that they were happy for the afterlife. Like it's, it's very, it's very intriguing to, to think about. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, a team of scientists now bear in mind, this is where it gets a little gnarly. Uh-huh. All right. And if you're watching live, I literally have a mummy's decapitated head on the screen right now, Yeah. but it's not that freaky, right? Like, no, it's, no, uh-uh. there's something about it that removes the humanity. Well, it's partially because of this, you know, it's the like gauze or whatever yeah. material is wrapped around the face. It doesn't look like skin, it's which is why weird. I think it it's not as scary looking. It, it almost looks like it's a sculpture or something, even though it's not. That, that feels very academic and professional. It's from the New York Times. Yeah. You know? yeah. So anyway, this Classy team operation. of scientists were able to uh, use a camera and put it through the neck of the mummy to reach up and inside the mummy's mouth to get DNA from a tooth. And that is how they determined that this is the head of Jehutnacht himself, the governor of 4,000 years ago. So now they have updated the placard in the museum to to give an identity back to this person. So cool. Is that not fascinating? What museum is this in again? Oh, boy. Uh, I don't know. Allie and I went to a museum in London, the, the British Museum, where they have a gigantic uh, uh, Egyptology section, uh-huh. but this seems to be while well, uh, Jehutnacht was sent to the Museum of Fine Arts in 1921. Uh, oh no, it this might, feels like something I should just know. No, that's all right. It might still be there. Yeah, I'm, you can obviously if you guys look up mummies and hit the news thing on Google, then you'll find this article and then you'll find out where it is. Yeah, you really, I really that's encourage right. everybody to read this. It article. seems it's, like that's where it is, Will, because they just said something. About, they just said something about the Massachusetts Hospital. So okay, yeah, all right. and they even like. They show you like we've got this rotating 3D image of Jehutnacht's head because a lot of the study of mummies has evolved over the course of time where we don't even have to like unwrap anything or right. further destroy how these people were preserved in order to study them. We can put them in MRIs and and image their body without removing their wrappings. Really fascinating. So awesome. Yeah, really, really crazy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's only part of the story. My story is sort of all over the place because my uh-huh. topic is just mummies yeah. in total. Uh, uh, we'll get to some cursed stuff, but first I'm going to tell you some gross stuff. Okay. I found out that mummies used to be used for stuff, uh-huh. not just for display and for academic purposes. Literally, it's like Egyptian mummies, you mean, right? Like what we think of as okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's like not that respectful of the dead. No, this is insane. Yeah, this is one of the craziest things I have ever found out for this show. Mummies used to be used for medicinal purposes, 
by which I mean grinding up dead Egyptian mummies and mummified cats to sell them to people to take as medicine. Oh, man. All of this because of a mistranslation. There was like an old text that was describing like like what mummies are, what they do, whatever. And due to a mistranslation, people thought like, oh, it, it can heal bones. Oh. So they started to grind mummies up. So essentially, a person would take a dose of a person to try to heal themselves. Wow. Yeah. Now, uh, because of the way that things are, unfortunately, when actual mummies became scarce uh-huh. and available, oh my God. the sun-desiccated corpses of criminals, slaves, and suicidal people were sometimes substituted by less scrupulent merchants. <laughs> How horrible is that? That's crazy. Yeah, but uh, but also the art world, I'm sorry, is tainted. Kristen, there is a color of paint called mummy brown. Okay. It is literally created. Kind of a burnt sort of umber color. Yes, that was one of the descriptions <laughs> that I read of being like, that's why it was used. It, yeah. It, it would create like very sort of like realistic skin tones, things like that. And um, I have an example of a piece of artwork I'm about to put on the screen for people called Interior of a Kitchen. Oh, man. By Martin Drolling. If you're listening, look it up. It is bonkers. Take a look at this. Uh, It is using very sort of like beautiful earthy browns Uh to create this picture of of a kitchen with light coming in through the windows. Yeah. A couple preparing dinner at a table. It uses the color mummy Brown. Interesting. This is confirmed as having been using mummy flesh to create pigment for paint. Whoa, whoa, oh, wait. I didn't understand that. I uh-huh. thought you were just saying there was just a color called mummy brown. It was made of mummy stuff? Yeah. Oh, my God. Very, very literally, mummy brown was originally created using skin. Oh, my God. Dead people. Wow. Uh-huh. Interior of a Kitchen by Martin Drolling. Look it Ugh. up. It is beautiful. Man, those snozberries don't taste like snozberries, huh? <laughs> yeah. Not going to want to lick that. Ma'am, you might want to ask your son to stop licking the paintings. <laughs> just going to say. I should be asking anyway. But, but you're just really. Extra, you don't want him licking that. He likes it. Let him do it. <laughs> Ma'am, you're an He likes the brown ones. So let's get to the idea of the curse yeah. of opening a mummy's tomb. Yeah. There, it's, it's a mix of fact and fix, uh, fiction. Uh, a lot of this was sort of. Um, People exaggerating, embellishing, sometimes outright making up Uh uh, what happened to people that opened sealed tombs. There are for sure. As a deterrent from them doing it? Yes. Yeah. There are for sure times that archaeologists would open a a sarcophagus and see a warning. But it's not quite what people eventually went on to think that, like, oh, everybody died. Everybody died within a week. Right. Whatever. Got sick, pestilence, fear, whatever. Um, one of the biggest uh, uh, misconceptions is that, in particular, King Tut's tomb was cursed. Cool. So I'm going to tell you about that. All right, sweet. The tomb was opened in the year 1922, which many say launched the sort of modern fascination with Egyptology. Mm-hmm. The that expedition makes sense. was led by a man named Howard Carter, and it was partially financed by a man named Lord Carnivan. Okay. Okay. All right. On the very day the tomb was opened, 
Howard Carter sent a messenger to his house, his own house. Mm -hmm. The messenger claimed he heard a faint human-like cry coming from inside. He opened the door, and where uh, Howard Carter's canary cage was, he looked at it, it was weird, there was a cobra in the cage. Oh. Howard Carter's bird was in the maw of a cobra. So a snake in a bird cage devouring his pet bird. Here's why that's especially symbolic because cobras, if you think of King Tut, the image of any pharaoh that you might think of, you Mm -hmm. might think of the image of a cobra coming off the front part of sort of their, their crown. Right. Now, that cobra is a symbol of Egyptian royalty. It is, it's a depiction of Wajit, the goddess of serpents, and that is called a Uraeus. It signifies a pharaoh's claim over the land. So, cool. with Howard Carter opening the tomb and a cobra eating his bird, was it a warning, a punishment, a sort of uh, a metaphorical... Doesn't sound great. It does not sound good. Even crazier, we just read an article from the New York Times about a recent discovery in the world of, of archaeology, Egyptology. This story was picked up by the New York Times, December 22nd, 1922. That's cool. They talked about it. They've been covering the mummy beat for a long time. Yeah, they've been working it. They've been working it for a mm. long time. Yeah. Within 10 years of King Tut's tomb being opened, there were 11 people of that party that died. One of the biggest that people point to as an example of a course uh, of a curse was Lord Carnivan himself, as you know, part of the the financial operation. He died by blood poisoning uh, when he was infected by a mosquito bite. Mm. He got bitten on the face by a mosquito. He was shaving. He cut the mosquito bite. Well, that's bad luck. Uh huh. He somehow then got blood poisoning, some sort of horrible infection. He ended up dying later it was discovered that King Tut himself had a lesion on one of his cheeks. That's cool and weird. Uh-huh. How, uh, uh, however, Lord Carnivan had already been I mean, buried. not for King Tut, it but... Wasn't, it wasn't uh, possible to determine if they uh, had a similar-looking injury on the exact same cheek. But for sure, that was something that people were like, whoa, whoa. That's a good story. Yeah. Uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle himself, creator of Sherlock Holmes, suggested that Lord Carnivan had been killed by elementals, which were created by King Tut's priests and ordered to guard the tomb. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle had a lot of weird real-life ideas. Did he? Yeah, yeah. I can't think of anything else. Well, he was he was a spiritualist. He was, a, he was like an enthusiast of that movement. Wow. Um, I know that there have been other things where I'm like, of course, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle had a, his little paw on this. Oh, man. Like yeah. some weird things, yeah. I, I, I would love to know more because I found this fascinating. Yeah. Because it sounded like just somebody who's already known to be like sort of creative and inventive being like, um, yes, he was... Let me think for a second. He was killed by elementals. (laughs) Of course. Uh, King Tut's priests ordered to guard the tomb. It's just like, are you using your imagination? It sure seems like you're imagining (laughs) things right in front of me, Arthur. (laughs) We know you're very good at that. Yeah. Your books are a hit. Yeah. There were articles written about how uh, there were warnings of dire punishment that would befall anyone breaking into a sealed tomb. Now, neither Arthur Conan Doyle nor those written reports helped anything. All they did was sort of fuel the fire that King Tut's tomb was definitely cursed. I mean, duh. How would that help anything? Somebody being like, I think elementals went after him. Yes. That's not going to like yes. cool the flames. Right. Now Whatever. also, uh, 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 Lord Carnivan's half-brother, Aubrey Herbert. These are great names. He also died of blood poisoning. 
That's weird. Isn't that weird? Well, I mean, is it weird though? Like maybe it was blood poisoning, you know. Well, it gets even weirder. Okay. Was blood poisoning the order of the day back then or um, in that area? Well, no, but it was as the result of, I guess, what they thought was a routine surgery. He was having problems with his eyesight, so a dentist removed all his teeth. (laughs) And then he got blood poisoning and he died. So, <laughs> when was this again? This is the 1800s or something? No, 1922. 19- After 1922. Oh, that's right, because the article is 1922. Exactly. So, you know. Well, you know, it was a simpler time. Yeah, I think I'm thinking that Aubrey Herbert was how we learned that teeth don't have much to do with eyes, <laughs> because that doesn't sound smart. That's wild. That doesn't sound right. No. So, anyway, uh, uh, 11 people died within 10 years of opening the tomb. However, however, there were 58 people. As part of that expedition. Now, granted, that's a fifth of them. I'm about, I'm about to say, honestly, that doesn't really sway me away from thinking that that's weird. Correct. But then you get into the sort of like parsing out of like, well, you'll get cursed, but you won't. Then you'll get cursed, but you won't. Why some people, but not others? Are there any theories for that? Were, were there any people who touched a certain thing or were working together on one aspect of the project or anything like that. I'm not going to say no, but I don't have that answer. Okay. Well, I, would I mean, probably many people have debated this over the course of decades, nearly 100 years. We're coming up on the hundredth anniversary of I would the opening think of if, King Tut's tomb. I would think if that were the case that we would know about it. So probably not. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but for sure there, there are more people that are saying, Hey, like this was a high profile discovery. So couple that with the fact that we do know that there had been warnings inside some tombs, uh, and then sprinkle on top of that the sort of morbid fascination of people looking at another culture and pointing a finger at it and going like, we don't oh, understand yeah. you, yeah. and suddenly you've got... So you're scary. Exactly, and suddenly you've got a gigantic urban legend. Um, it's an urban legend I really enjoy. Yes, but again, to talk about a little bit some of the tombs that do have uh, curses associated with them, uh, in the tomb of Kentika, here's a quote. As for all men who shall enter this tomb impure, there will be judgment. An end shall be made for him. I shall seize his neck like a bird. I shall cast the fear of myself into him. I want that on my grave. Isn't that That's awesome? Really sweet. I shall seize his neck like a bird. Oh, man. By which I mean to say, not at all. <laughs> I've never caught a bird by the neck. <laughs> but I will. You know that familiar reference that we all understand. I know, but I will cast fear of myself into you. Yes, <laughs> me too. You will fear me. Uh, I'm going to talk about this guy a lot. Archaeologist archaeologist Zahi Hawass. He gives an example of a curse that you might find. Cursed be those who disturb the rest of a pharaoh. They that shall break the seal of this tomb shall meet death by disease that no doctor can diagnose. Ooh. Great is that? Awesome. That's that sounds like thinner. Yeah, I curse you, thinner. Yeah. yeah. Or uh, uh, boy, what's the Sam Raimi Evil Dead? Drag me to hell. Oh yeah. Uh huh. She gets cursed, and there's nothing that can be done about it. It defies any rational explanation. Yeah, that's good. To be in that situation, I feel like you would just go mad right oh, there on the spot. That would drive me nuts if somebody was like, "You have this thing." Yeah, like a a, a, a supernatural curse that there's no doing anything about. Yeah. yeah. Uh. All right. Uh, here are some supposed accounts of times that Zahi Hawass uh, uh, came across sort of curious, scary things in his work as an archaeologist. Cool. All right. Now, I'm not saying that these aren't true. 
He does seem to be a a uh, a professional person even today. Uh, yeah. So, but I'm oh really still as a oh yeah yeah. Everybody that's, look up Zahi Hawass. That's Re- awesome. Reading his stories, he feels like somebody should just do a modern day Indiana Jones with this guy because it's like he's got. Listen, listen to some of this stuff. Okay. When he was young, working as a young archaeologist, he was transporting artifacts from a Greco-Roman site called Kam Abu Below. His cousin died that day. One year later, his uncle died. Oh man. Two years after that, his aunt died. Huh. Yeah. So. You could weave a story out of that. I'm not saying that sure. in and of itself that is frightening. No, but you could absolutely weave something out of that. To be honest, it sounds more of a tragedy for his cousin's family. Yeah, <laughs> totally. That doesn't strike me as that cursy. Right. But for sure, he seems to be it's drawing a line. It's enough of a spread. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. Plus, it's the sort of idea not that it's of not like, horrible. I do something wrong so it affects you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, was is that, that to like hurt a, me? Because... Was that like a close cousin or yeah. like... You know, exactly. Use a little more information. True. He encountered a curse when excavating the tombs of the builders of the pyramids of Giza. Quote, all people who enter this tomb who will make evil against this tomb and destroy it. May the crocodile be against them in water and snakes against them on land. May the hippopotamus be against them in water. The scorpion against them on land. They're not superstitious. He left those mummies alone. (laughs) Interesting. That's pretty cool. It also goes to show you. Also a little bit of a redundant mummy. Very redundant. I left the full thing as I found it weird. <laughs> yeah. Cutting and out the also the hippo in water and then also the scorpion also on land. What do you want on your tombstone? Well, pepperoni. <laughs> but also, oh uh, I want you to say, may the crocodile be against them in water <laughs> and the snakes against them on land. <laughs> All right. Very good. And also yeah. the hippopotamus against them on Water and the scorpion, sir. <laughs> like, we're running Holding out of room. A pen, like uh, <laughs> your tomb's you not that big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You weren't that big a deal. <laughs> um, it's not like you're tooting common. <laughs> uh, later. Uh, uh, this same man, Zahi Huas, was involved in the removal of two child mummies from the Bahariya oasis. He was haunted by the children in his dreams. The phenomena did not stop until the mummy of the father was reunited with the children in the museum. That's cool. How cool is that? Very. Bringing families back together. That's very cool. And even like the, the implication that proximity is important. Yeah. Like, as long as I'm near my boys. Right. Or I guess for them, because he's having nightmares of the children. Right. Like, you've brought us back to our father. We'll, we'll, we'll leave you. Right. Now, Interesting. Now, Zahi Huas eventually came to the conclusion that mummies should not be displayed, which I, which I also think is interesting and in yeah. tying it into sort of the more mystical things that he may or may not have experienced. Right. It's just interesting. He also says he knew a sick boy who was miraculously cured when he looked into the eyes of the mummy of King Amos I. I always think it's interesting when... I, mean, I think it's interesting when anybody has these opinions or beliefs or whatever, but I just find it interesting when it's somebody who's an expert in that field has like supernatural leanings towards something that's also in that field. You know, know what I mean? It's interesting that somebody who is an archaeologist who's like studied this stuff on an, on an academic level then thinks these things. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I completely agree. But really, like, I feel like a different kind of credence. There's such potential in storytelling from this. Like, it makes me think of Father, uh, boy, it's not Father Karras from The Exorcist. Who's the other one? The old one. The old priest. Oh, man. 
I don't remember. Whatever. The yeah. old priest from the beginning of The Exorcist, that five-hour-long prologue where yeah. he's walking through the desert and he finds a statue of Pazuzu. Yeah. Like, it. writing this, writing down my notes for this show tonight, yeah. it just You made felt me like that old watch. man priest? I just felt like an old man. Yeah. It just made me want to watch Indiana Jones so badly. Indiana Jones is so sweet. Breaking into a tomb and stuff. Oh, yeah. my gosh. They're, uh, they're supposed to be filming Indiana Jones 5 next year, Yeah, I think. Yep. Definitely take your time on that, boys. Yeah, I think Harrison Ford has all the time in the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Why don't you take another <laughs> summer off? I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> you know, why don't you start in 2020? That seems like a fresh start. <laughs> Look, he could kick my ass oh, yeah. up and down the street, so I shouldn't joke too much about it, but... That also sounds like something he might say. <laughs> Feels like a very elderly man phrase. I'll kick your ass up and down the street. Oh, okay, Mr. Ford. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah. Now, uh, uh, going along with the fact that people sort of like fetishized mummies mm-hmm. and that culture and everything, it used to be a big thing for the wealthy to just go ahead and buy mummies and have oh viewing God. parties. So like, it's as if I bought a mummy and I'm like, hey, let's have everybody come over tonight. I We're going to unwrap the mummy. And then by exposing it to air, they're all of a sudden like decomposing on the spot. Wait, are they doing that with, for, with that intention? Like they know that? Or are I you just saying so. that's a weird side effect? No, 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 no. It, well, yes, it's a weird side effect. But my understanding is that that was some of the fascination. That's desirable. Yeah. That's messed up. It's crazy. Rich people are cray-cray. Yeah. Well, I don't think they do it today. Well, maybe they do some other weird stuff. I'm looking at you, Zuckerberg. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have told you all my secrets. Have some sort of weird fight club where they use like ancient anti- antiquities as weapons and stuff. Yeah, that's only for dork. <laughs> I feel like that was a, aggressive dork rich people. I feel like that's a pretty good joke to be like. But I told I told Mark Zuckerberg all my secrets. I thought I thought I could trust him. <laughs> Find out like I sold them all. Um, you sold all of them. He sold me out. Did you keep any of them? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, in 1699, Louis Penichet hmm. wrote an account in which a Polish traveler purchased two mummies in Alexandria and embarked on a sea journey with the mummies in the cargo hold. The traveler was alarmed by recurring visions of two specters and the stormy seas did not abate until the mummies were thrown overboard. Oh no. So one way or another, Oh no. We're going to absolutely destroy. Yeah, completely. History, culture, human beings, bodies. Find a way to remove your dignity thousands of years after you died. Isn't that crazy? Yes. I can't believe that for some reason that story in particular really brought the point home to me that people were just like buying mummies, human bodies. But additionally, I'd be very scared. (laughs) That's a pretty that's pretty crazy that the he was seeing specters until the mummies were not in his, you know, possession or by him anymore. All right, now we're gonna wrap this up. Uh, uh, I can so to speak. So, so to speak, we wrap back up the mummies. Remember, we used to have Halloween parties as children, and we would wrap each other with toilet paper to play "Who's the Mummy Now?" And <laughs> I don't know, it's probably not called that, but that's a great name for it. It was, it was a race. Who's the Mummy? The- wow, see ya. <laughs> Oh, my God. Anyway, I considered whether or not I should go into the plot of all the mummy movies for a while. Oh, God. I won't. (laughs) I'm not going to. It did make me also want to watch the mummy movies. Uh, Did you know that Brandon Bricktown Frazier's character in those movies is called Rick O'Connell? Really? Yeah. Doesn't that sound like a... That sounds like a fake name. Yes, that is not a good movie name. Uh. Are they... Good? I think I've seen all of them. I watched watched five minutes of The Mummy 1. 
To make you want more? No. No? It starts with Rick O'Connell shooting two Rick guns. Rick O'Connell? Yeah. But every time he shoots the guns, it seems like he didn't go through weapons training. Oh. So he's not. he doesn't seem natural holding these two pistols as he's fighting people. Brendan Fraser is like, he's got his shoulders hunched up. He's like trying to mime that he's shooting, I guess. And they'll put the muzzle flash in later. So he's just constantly hunching his shoulders. It looks incredibly Wait, it's unnatural. It's the kickback, you know? I guess, but like, it looked yeah. terrible. Silly. Yeah. Uh, and then the Tom Cruise one. Uh-huh. The less said, the better. <laughs> Although I will Talk say. Talk about disrespectful. I will say that that movie, they took the mummy character, uh, which in the Brendan Fraser movies, which in the original Universal horror movies from the 1930s, were uh, male characters named Imhotep mm-hmm. that were concerned with finding their sort of like resurrected bride. Yeah. Uh, the Tom Cruise movie did uh, a switcheroo. Mm-hmm. So the mummy that uh, uh, is kicking off the events of the film is a female mummy. Okay. And I found out that that might have its roots in the origin of fictional mummy storytelling. Ooh. This is... Elaborate further. I found this very fascinating and worth looking into. Some of the original mummy stories, because everything that we talked about is about, you know, unsealing a tomb and befalling a curse. We'll open this up. We're disrespecting the honor of this person. I'm going to die later of some illness. Mm -hmm. But we also tend to think about mummies as being shambling corpses, zombie-like, sort of the, like you know, magically resurrected type thing with their arms out wrapped in gauze. Where did that come from? It seems like it came from 1827 when Jane Webb wrote a story called The Mummy or A Tale of the 22nd Century. 1827. Now, interesting. this was the first of a few mummy stories. It's very early. Also including Lost in a Pyramid or The Mummy's Curse, which I like that type of old story name. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Right. I love this sort of lengthy, it's this or that. I, uh-huh. I kind of like that. Yeah. So Louisa May Alcott wrote another story in 1869. Huh. The Mummy's Soul was published by Anonymous 1862. Was Louisa May Alcott's like, I, was it like a, well yeah, I guess if it's or the Mummy's Curse. Yeah. Because she wrote Little Women, I believe. Well, Jane Austen Wrote after 3,000 years, another mummy story in 1868. One of the thematic through lines through all these stories, female mummy getting back at at male explorers who have desecrated desecrated their tombs, believed to have actually been very sort of proto-feminist storytelling about, about men. Yeah. And how like they are actually, you know, like sort of violently taking things from women. Right, right. Sort of like like very feminist revenge stories is what mummy storytelling in this vein started as. That's cool. How fascinating that is makes you want to look those up. Doesn't it? Yeah. That's so cool. Now, interesting sidebar about the very, very first crazy. of these Jane Webb wrote the mummy or a tale of the 22nd century. It was very positively reviewed. Mm-hmm. It depicted a future, because it's the 22nd century. It takes place in the year 21-something-something. She talks about how there are steam-powered uh, doctors, mechanical doctors. That's cool. I read something that, like, there's a vague allusion to something that you could interpret as being a, a sort of archaic internet kind of thing. So it's distinctly sci-fi and mummy. Right. Uh, very interesting. I'm kind of intrigued by that even in and of itself. Yeah. But it, it drew positive reviews, one of which was written by John Claudius Ludon. 
1830, John Claudius Loudon, the reviewer, mm-hmm. tracked ja- down Jane Webb, the author, and they were married one year later. That's so cool. How sweet is that? I love that. He just loved her story. Yeah. I bet there's a really cool story there. Is it? Yeah. I, I wish I, there was like a movie about and that. It's the birthplace of, of, a, of right. a famous movie monster. Right. You know? One way or another, like I feel like there's a lot to be said about our depiction of the mummy as being sort of like culturally insensitive at least. Yeah. But it's interesting because storytelling is also typically used as a vehicle for expressing something else that is metaphorical yeah. in nature. Yeah. And it seems like that's what mummy storytelling was. I find that very that fascinating. That is so interesting. And As, then how that got twisted, mm-hmm. basically. And especially for something that has endured to today. Yeah. Because even if there hasn't been a good mummy movie, potentially ever, yeah, it's something that everybody's familiar with. Was um was the female mummy in the Tom Cruise stinker, like, was that her storyline at all? Or was she just like a bad guy? She was just a bad guy. Okay. I found it very disappointing. Would have been too interesting, I guess. That is so uh, interesting to me that it was like a feminist kind of like revenge story. Right? I think it's pretty against cool. Against men who take things. Uh, That's so cool. Which is partially what makes the uh, recent Mommy movie even more problematic. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to spoil the Mommy movie. Yeah. We're wrapping up the show anyway. Yeah. Spoilers. If you don't want to know what happens in the Tom Cruise Mommy movie... I kind of, I respect that. <laughs> you don't need to know anything. But uh, but yeah, get out now. I'm about to say what happens. So in that movie, the mummy is somebody who was bad, which I think is the right way to go. You have to be like thousands of, it's not just that every mummy is scary and evil because then you're getting into the problem of just being like, well, no, this was part of our society, man. Yeah. Like, don't just tell us that we were all monsters. Right. Uh, so it has to be that she was villainous when she was alive. She dies. She's punished. She's buried. She was buried in uh, her tomb was buried under mercury to keep people. Wow. Away, which I think is cool. Yeah. Like I thought that was a cool idea to be like people go away. Like it's buried in toxic material. Right. Uh, Tom Cruise releases her and he is cursed. Right. So that's what makes him special. Why does he release her? Is he an archaeologist and he was just like doing research? He's an impulsive archaeologist. He's very. <laughs> The impulsive archaeologist. He he feels like that character should not be being played by Tom Cruise. He's very smarmy, and uh, it really feels like it. If it were played by Chris Pratt, uh-huh. it would make a lot more sense. Okay, I, I can picture that kind of character real quick. Is that the fake butt movie? I don't think so. Okay, I don't Wasn't think so that either. Like Mr. Viking or something. Mr. Viking, no. But oh, that's my spec script. Oh, but oh, Valkyrie, Valkyrie, that's what it is. Valkyrie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Mr. Viking is my story about a Viking lost in time who lands in modern day New York City and accidentally gets a job at a public school. Sure. So anyway, <laughs> a public school. Oh, I ran out of breath. <laughs> I know. So uh, by the end of the movie, Tom Cruise has stolen the mummy's powers. Okay. Great. He is the mummy now. Oh my god! Who is the mummy now? Tommy <laughs> Cruise. He, by the end of the movie, he's wearing a, a he's wearing a bandana that covers most of his face, which I think is meant to evoke right. It's a mummy esque. Yep. And they're like, "What will become of him now? Will he choose to work for good or for evil? We may never know, especially because the dark universe, the shared universe <laughs> of all the Universal monster movies." is definitely canceled. <laughs> right, exactly. That's why we don't know. So yeah. Tom Cruise desecrates her tomb, steals her power, kills her. Yeah. And so it's just his now. 
great. Which feels more metaphorical of what <laughs> we have done done to that sort of culture. So maybe in a weird way. I don't know if that's how they meant it, but it is weirdly fitting. Right? Yeah. 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 Uh, but anyway, Kristen, with <laughs> well, that, yeah. I conclude the story of the mummy. Excellent. That was awesome. Yeah. I find Egyptian history really interesting. I find it very like cool. Like that, that kind of era. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's really interesting. It Always seems, one of my favorite sections of a museum. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it just feels it feels different. It feels it, it's hard to imagine. Yeah. I guess that's why. It also feels like one of those things where it's like you have to imagine a society that was once so great. Right. And right. it's and it's hard to understand how that because it also means like this could all go. Well, yeah. I think also just everything was given so much care and respect mm. in um, such a visual and tangible way. Yeah. I just think it's really interesting, like all the iconography and all of the um, totems and things like that. I just really like all that. Yeah. 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 It's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. There you have it. Well, that wraps it up for this week. Bingo. Um, until next Friday, you can find us all over social media at GTTU Pod. Um, it's been really fun. People have been interacting a lot, which I really like. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, it's been awesome. So please follow us on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram. Um, you can join our secret Facebook group if you go on Facebook and search for Guide to the Unknown podcast. And you can find William and I individually online. I'm at Chillin' Kristen on Instagram and Twitter. I am at Haunted Sponge. Yeah. You can also go to patreon.com slash GTTU pod. Yeah. Or just look us up in your Patreon app where you can uh, uh, donate monthly. You can set up a yep. recurring donation. Just give a little something back. Um, we keep getting new people. It's really awesome. Yes. Uh, and, and thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. It's really, really great. Yes. So we will be back next week for more. Yeah. Especially more Haunted eBay, which I'm very excited to hear about. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be cool. Yeah. But until that time comes, we've got stuff to do. You know what? You know what we've got to do? What? We must travel. Huh. Perhaps back to the netherworld? Ever Boy, heard of it? Stuck. That's st- stuck. Boy, that's stuck. That's stuck. Stunk. Boy, that's stunk. Yeah. I wonder if at the beginning of the show, we should go, we're back. We're back, <laughs> we're back from, from the, the netherworld. world. Didn't I make a joke about that last time? I think we frequently phrase things like that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, did we make any Harry Potter references this week? I don't. Th- I actually think we haven't done it in a little while. Really? Yeah. Well, the mummy. I did have a nightmare about Voldemort last night. If that counts, Harry a reference. I don't know. He was like after me. Huh. Well, the Boggart in Prisoner of Azkaban. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh huh. In the chapter art for for the Boggart in the book, it's depicted as a mummy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay, there we go. Yeah. There we go. We're back in the game. There you go. You're back happy in now. Harry Potter happy game. now. Yeah. All right, we must travel. All right, back to another world. Go we. That's better than my weird thing that I did before. It wasn't funny. Bye. Oh.